Bonjour, Ted. I'm still trying to think of this intro to do for uh, this podcast. and Seriously, I can't think of any ideas. I'm having a blank on this one. I think we should just shine it. Forget the intro. Put my, put my name in there and uh, I don't know. I guess that's it. What's up, skaters? Welcome to the inaugural episode of Vent City, a place to talk with some of my favorite people about skating. I'm Ryan Lay, professional skateboarder and co-founder of the nonprofit Skate After School. I'll be hosting roundtable discussions, interviews, as well as some on-air readings about skate culture with a broader social and historical context. We're hoping to add a little bit of depth to the conversation around skating, air out grievances, talk shit about the latest news and videos, and hopefully, at our very, very best, create a space to highlight some alternative voices and stories happening around the world. On this very special first episode, I'm joined by my friends Kristen Ebling, co-founder of The Skate Witches and executive director of Skate Like a Girl, Ted Barrow, Instagram crone, art historian, and writer, Kyle Beachy, novelist and associate professor of English and creative writing, and one of my oldest friends, Ted Schmitz, busser, food runner, valet, occasional thrasher contributor, and creator of the No Coping Podcast. How we doing, guys? All right. Kicking it. <laughs> doing good over here. Yeah. All, All right, doing well. Let's, uh, let's go around the table and do some uh, introductions. Uh, Kristen, you want to get started first? Wow, thanks for throwing me in there, Ryan. Really appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> it's not easy. Keep note of that. Uh, what's up, skaters? I'm Kristen. Um, <laughs> been skating since I was 12, and I'm excited to talk more about it as I enter my 30s. Um, what else am I supposed to say? Uh, tell us a little bit about Skate Like a Girl and Skate Witches. All right. Um, so uh, when I was 16 years old, 17, I thought I was like the only girl skateboarder in Seattle. And I was on MySpace and found this organization called Skate Like a Girl. Um, and uh, they were hosting an event. And I was like, there's not other girl skaters. Um, and I showed up and I was like, totally wrong. Um, there was like girls, like it was at my home park. And I still have never ollied the eight stair there. But as I walked up, I saw my friend, my future friend, Christina, like ollied the eight stair like perfectly. And then there was like a girl on the microphone and like girls shooting photos and all these girls ripping up the bowl area. And I was like what is this dream world? Um, so <laughs> at that point I sold my soul to skate like a girl and, uh, started volunteering as a teenager and through college, like organized skate tours and trips. And, uh, now, now you're the big boss, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Out of college, I like worked at the YMCA and did other youth programming and then kind of woke up one day and I was like, dude, I think I can make skate like a girl my job. So that's what I've been trying to figure out how to do for the last five years. Um, yeah, our whole mission is to create a more inclusive skateboarding community. So a lot of our programs center around getting like women and trans people a space to skateboard. But we also do a lot of stuff with youth, and including like a volunteer program and host an annual event called Wheels of Fortune, which is entering its 10th year um, this May um, in Seattle. So yeah, in uh, about five years ago, uh, my good friend Shari and I were um, part of a street skating contest and we needed a team name. And we had always been obsessed with this YouTube video called Skate Witches, which you can look up on YouTube. And it's just this like silly video. And that inspired us to create a little group called the Skate Witches. And we started by making little tiny zines and some hats and socks and stuff. And it's kind of blossomed into a publication that's pretty regular. And Shari makes a lot of videos. 
Um, right now we're doing a portal series where it showcases different locales and stuff like that. And you're partnering with Thrasher with that? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we just try to like, honestly, when we started, there was really no girls in magazines. And if they were, they weren't really represented in the way that we wanted to be represented and we thought was cool. So, and we also think that like skateboarding has kind of a jock mentality where it's like, you can only be in the mag if you're like good or whatever. So like we... We just kind of, <laughs> we just kind of think that that's stupid, and so like we showcase girls from all over the world, all different identities that like, you know, maybe aren't like the best skaters, but they got a cool photo on a spot, and yeah, we think that's kind of more important. So Red. yeah, I, I know from like so I've I've seen the I've seen one of the skate witches zines, and can you talk about the 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 purpose of the um the the male section uh, interview in the back? Um. Yeah, so we have a segment of Skate Witches called Boys on Boards, and... <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> uh, like, as a woman skater, anytime there's, like, a girl getting interviewed or whatever, you immediately flock to it, and um, she's often, even up to this day, asked about what it's like to be a woman in skateboarding, because it's always a guy interviewing her, and it's always centered around, like, a male audience, um, and I just think that's really funny because um, guys don't get asked the same questions. Um, so in our zine, we started Boys on Boards where we basically take questions from other interviews with like Letitia or Lacey or whoever. Um, and we just change the gender pronouns. Um, so, yeah, we just ask them kind of objectifying silly questions about what it's like to be a man in skateboarding. And it's a totally disorienting experience. Uh, doing the interview questions. Yeah, like you'll ask him, like, have you ever thought about dating another skater or like <laughs> shit like that, right? And in the skate, which is like realm, we kind of pretend like girls are like the dominant force in skating. So that's kind of the tone as well. Like, yeah. what's it like to be the only boy at the skate park? Like, did, the, <laughs> did like, uh, did the girls make fun of you when you're like learning how to drop in? Um, <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite ones is like asking them how do they how do they balance their like how do you balance your life you know <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> like women always get asked questions like that so yeah, yeah. Uh, how many issues are there Kristen I have the eleventh one here eleventh one nice I just mailed you another one um, I can only find a couple of the older issues but yeah eleven we're working on twelve right now um, and we've made a couple like side zines so we made a zine for our seriously video that came out like a year and a half ago um, and we Amazing made a video. zine. Um, for when we, where did we, go? oh yeah, it was a zine thing, like thing that we did with our local skate shop here um, with Thrasher, and then we'll do another zine, um, we have another one coming out about our trip that we did to Cuba. Oh yeah, hell so. yeah. Which I got to join on, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was cool. Ryan and the Bad Girls Club. <laughs> you, you let, wait, you let Ryan come? I thought he just happened to be there. He snuck in there. I uh, snuck in there and ended up go staying with Miles from Cuba Skate, but I uh, I hung out with them the whole time and we we did like a DIY build and stuff, which I was uh, pretty ill equipped for. <laughs> do, do you have any uh, ten pound bags of concrete? I can carry? <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Um, all right, should we move over to the uh, only published novelist in the room, uh, Kyle? All right, I'll take it. Uh, oh snap. <laughs> Uh, hi, yeah, uh, my name's Kyle. I got a Kyle. copy of the slide in my backpack right now, actually, Kyle. Did you steal it like my students do? Uh, I stole it from Ted. That counts, that counts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, um, my name is Kyle. I have been skating for a super long time, um, and at some point I started writing fiction, uh, and I got super into writing fiction, um, and after I put out that first book that you stole from Ted called The Slide, I tried 
to write a novel about skateboarding. Um, but I learned pretty quickly that um, I was going about it like all wrong. So I sort of put the novel aside for a while and started writing these essays. Um, and I think they are really the only reason that I have any sort of foothold in this totally uh, bizarre and sometimes sort of hideous industry. Um, so yeah, I, I started writing about it and yapping about it. And I think at the time that I started doing that, there wasn't a lot of sort of non-mainstream big magazine writing being done. Like I got in on the ground floor of Jankum. Like my stuff was super early on Jankum. Um, I wrote an article about Andrew Reynolds that um, was fairly well received. Uh, and then, you know, of course, since then there was a lot there's just been a whole lot of growth in terms of the voices that are speaking about skateboarding, the venues that are willing to publish um, different approaches to talking about skateboarding, which was my only point from the get-go. Like, I'm yeah, super... Yeah, and the appetite for it, right? Yeah, yeah. And, that, yeah, there's much more appetite for it. And, you know, at a certain point, we got really sick of kind of to what Kristen was saying. Like, you know, an interview is an interview. Um, but there's there there are a lot of other ways to kind of speak about experiences, speak about the ways that we watch skateboarding, the ways that skateboarding matters to us, um, and maybe ask some questions of the activity itself, like which I don't think people were uh, doing in the major magazines. So um, I continued doing that for, I guess, you know, about nine years now. I feel like the, those early ones came out in like 2010 or so. Um, and I've just been super, super fortunate um, to be given, you know, really small platforms sometimes and I just take everything I do like super seriously, like everything is real extra. So I just try as hard as I can every time I have a chance to write something. Uh, and it, you know, it, it takes a lot out of me and I really uh, enjoy it. And yeah, I mean, now I'm sitting here talking to you guys, which is wild uh, because as I said, I'm by far the worst skater of this crew. And I think that's, that's sort of an honor. It's the sort of thing, like a badge that I wear. I'm like the kook who's the worst skater. Um. And then, so you you wrote the novel, um, but you also, on top of writing for Jankum, you are a prolific skate tweeter, right? Oh, I tweet. Yeah, I tweet. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I tweet. I started a second account, um, which is like my skate account, so that I don't interact totally with like the writing and the literary world and like my normal sort of um, straight civilian account. Um, and yeah, I've, I've just been fucking crushing it, to be honest, on skate Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 that, I, that huge I, audience of, uh, like 40 people. I, well, I hit 420 <laughs> followers today and it was interesting oh, because damn, the 420th follower is, um, Weed. well, no, it, it was a student of mine who is like total, like not a total stoner. He's actually an incredibly productive guy, but he definitely smokes weed. I was like, oh, this, is, this is so wonderful. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sitting on four something right now. Um, yeah, you know, there was there like skate Twitter for a while was like this total joke because there really were like ten dudes, um, all of us in our forties, like using this venue in a silly way, and it was a hashtag, and it was totally stupid. But now it's like you know, you've got a, a bunch of media people in there. You know, there there's a selection of New York media folks who. Um, you know, they they sort of hold on to their connection to skateboarding by way of, you know, taking breaks between tweeting about uh, the New York Times or GQ and, you know, reminding us that 
they're they're interested in skateboarding too. So the conversation is, you know, it's cool. It's like it's like being at a at you know a, what I, I was about to say. It's like being at a skate spot, but nobody's at skate spots anymore. It's like being at a park, and you can tell like. <laughs> they're like those are the guys who are super into it those are the young people who are actually good at this and then these are the people who are just sort of you know they cruise by because they like remembered that they used to do it and they want to be part of it again i mean it's whatever it's fuck it's fucking twitter (laughs) do you but do you feel like uh pushing borders the big conference that Mm -hmm. happened last year kind of expanded that conversation of tying together the like academic world and skateboarding and giving it a space to kind of grow. Yeah. I mean, yes. I, well, yes, absolutely. Like, uh, I think, I think the fact that there has been this whole sort of subsect of actual academic, um, study and research and, you know, full, fully peer reviewed academic papers, you know, which are the sort that people like, uh, the, the five of us don't, six of us, five of us don't read, right? Like this, that's not, that's not the sort of shit that we actually go out and read. And that's actually hard to find. Um, so I think once that sort of realm kind of migrated toward um, the sort of just general lay speak of shit talking and like joking, I think we've kind of created this sort of neat meeting space where there's there's room to be sort of smart about it and be smarty pants and like drop references and you know, connect skateboarding to existential philosophy if you're so inclined. Um, and then also like to <laughs> joke about underpants and whatever the hell. And like, you know, they don't have to be separated. And I think the main thing is that there's like now room for those two kind of streams to overlap and intermingle. And yep. with, with, and it's, you know, I mean, the cool thing about skate Twitter is that like, for the most part, people seem to be pretty progressive right like and that's to me kind of the surprise yeah. about it there's not a lot of sort of knuckle dragon crow magnon stuff on twitter on yeah. that side of twitter i mean obviously yeah. twitter is full of it but not really skate twitter yeah i don't even like i i definitely notice like a left wing bend to it but i i there's not even really a skate twitter troll yet like which i think indicates that it hasn't really even made it kind of into the into any real atmosphere, um, uh, like, like in the way that Instagram has, you know, like they're full blown Instagram skate trolls. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, I mean, we cross fingers. Hopefully, you know, <laughs> hopefully yeah. we can <laughs> home home grow troll, some troll if you're out there. Trolls, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. I think that's a good segue into uh, talking to Ted Barrow about his uh, life and, and yeah. I was like, Project. what am I fucking talking about? Talking about trolls. Boom. <laughs> Uh, do I introduce myself? Is that what happens? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so just I'm that fired off, you knuckle know? dragging crow, crow magnon. No, um. <laughs> I was gonna say I think that your Instagram presence kind of like eclipses uh, the rest of of what you have to offer, which is actually afraid so. Spiritual. Yeah, uh, I yes. Background: I've been I'm the oldest skater here. I've been skating since 1987, and I'm 42. That's before we were born, Ted. Yeah. Oh, that is, fuck yeah, yeah. off. No. Really? <laughs> is that true? Yeah. yeah I, I was born in 88. I'm not, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, it's true for me. Sorry. God damn. Um, and Ted. Yeah, it's great. I have, uh, I, around age 32 or 33, I decided to go to graduate school and kind of stepped out of skateboarding. And I mean, up until that point, I was like full on skate nerd. I had a... Uh, like a blog where I 
tried to write things that I wanted to go in magazines and four people read them and same sort of thing with skate Twitter. And then it, more and more I started seeing Is that like, a live journal account or what are we, what are we using? WordPress. Um, WordPress. Oh, okay. Right. It was, it, it was called remembrance of things, whatevs. And I have uh, <laughs> actually read that blog. Oh no shit. Full disclosure. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. and, uh, but I always knew of you as Switch Backside Ted. Yeah. So there were three other people besides you. <laughs> That's <laughs> tight. Yeah. It was Jack Sabic was another one. Like he, uh-huh. he once told me yeah. he liked my blog. That was tight. Um, yep. But I did start start to notice that more and more I was like, writing about skateboarding is fucking hard. Writing about art is easy or easier. Like there's more of a place for that. And so I just decided to go to graduate school and not pay attention to skateboarding for like a decade. Um, and then. Through various turning points, I kind of got back into like having group chats with other skateboarders and like realized. Wait, wait, what did you what did you specifically go to grad school for? Oh, art history. I'm finishing up my PhD, so I okay. I study like late 19th century, early 20th um, American and European painting. You're like uh, f- uh, feedback underscore TS is my dissertation. I, it, <laughs> it honestly should be fuck. Uh, and but yeah over the last five years i've just gotten deep into some skate nerdery shit again and maybe it's like a midlife crisis but that's how the instagram thing came about you know like i think some skate nerdery is like a huge understatement yeah 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 like maybe the most arcane skate nerdery imaginable um yeah and i don't know it just seems like i you know it's sort of like boogie nights how they were trying to make these like beautiful films that like had character development and arcs and were filmed on film. And then like 1980 comes around and they're like, Oh, well there's video and you don't have to pay the stars and it's teenagers and it's disgusting. Like that's like, I had a personal account where I put art and skate clips. And then I was like, wait a second. If I prey on people's like insecurity, my own vanity, like shit talking and trolling (laughs) And fucking. No, no you're, you're, I always, I always call you like you're the Instagram dominatrix. You know, like people. <laughs> they want, they, they want to be, that. they want to be dom. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, but, they literally ask to be sh- publicly shamed. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Quite often, but, but then I'm, but then part of me is also there's also like something that probably comes out of academia where I'm like, but you guys know I'm a lot smarter than this, right? Like you know, yeah. you know I'm fucking kidding. <laughs> you know, like, like I'll, I, I will sometimes like excoriate some fucking 13 year old London kids South Bank clip because I hate him sincerely but <laughs> most of the time I can do it under the veil of satire and be like no but I don't really think that you know like yeah. skate skate and uh, let's skate um, and it's yeah it's similar to the WordPress thing it's like it started out as pure skateboarding and now there are these long form stories that have turned into like my own little essays about art or life or skating curbs or fucking Palestine or whatever, you know, it's like, it's a weird thing yeah. where it's, I try to keep all things balanced and you don't yeah. save them, right? They just sort of expire. Uh, many of them. Ex- um, yeah. Some of them disappear, but you can archive them. I mean, some of them are saved right. as highlights, but I, I do like that thing where it's like the whole thing I'm doing is trying to push back against like the medium similar to what you do, Ted, where, um, wait, shit, never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't do that at all and i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about but, uh, that was a close one yeah was... i'm so sorry uh that was no, okay, so i i'm the only one who does this who where uh i sort of create long form stories in like minute long videos and like really yeah. involved shit that like makes you if you're going to be spending that much time on your fucking phone like 
try to learn something, try to think about shit. Like yep. maybe this, you know, it is a critique on, on our involvement with social media, basically. Like, why do we film ourselves at skate parks? Why are we looking for approval? We didn't used to do this. What's up with that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there was a point where, like when you first started the project and I just was so blown away at how prolific you were posting. This was before you were even doing the Instagram stories. And I was like, man, how does, I don't even understand how he's got the time for this. I mean, I still have no idea. It's, it's partly, honestly, just some, I have something to say about every clip I see because I fucking care and love watching skateboarding, you know, like, so I'm going to, we all have, we all think something, we all respond in some way to skateboarding. It's never boring, even if it sucks. And I also have a 90 minute commute to work and a pretty boring desk job. So I do have my phone on me and like everyone kind of escape into it during, during that shit. And, but you're, you're also like, I, I noticed in the last couple of days, I don't know if that's, you were doing it before, but I, I've been following for a year where you try to go like point people towards other skaters who are doing kind of sick work around the world. Like you, yeah. um, like you posted kind of like a personal anecdote from, um, one of the, one of the, uh, guys who I know from skate Twitter. I, I forget his name. His first name is Max. I don't know his last name, yeah. but he makes the skate crosswords, yeah, yeah. but he did a, he did a volunteer, um, stint at, uh, Skate pal, He's and still then, there actually, and and you decided to to kind of like tell his story. Is that are you trying to like wh- what is that turn? Uh, yeah, a- about well, I think like I'm gonna keep doing like the satirical kind of like roast videos, but I realized yeah. that I do have this platform, and I actually do give a shit about yeah. community and like how we sort sure. of act towards each other. Just as an adult, you know, I mean, that kind of comes out of my background as a professor or whatever. But um, so lately I have been think like trying to steer those stories to if I can raise awareness about like these rad charities or in like people that are fucking volunteering. And like to me, that's like the rad like I'm exposing in my videos what I think is the corniest thing about skateboarding. But obviously skateboarding, there are really rad things about skateboarding like these charities and like these volunteers and like fucking Amber, who's like, you know, started Women Skate the World and all these things. And it's like, now I have a platform. I can, I can talk about this and I can hopefully be supportive. That's sick. Hey, when did it uh, blow up, Ted? Like, wh- how long, how long ago did it become uh, what it is? It, okay. So I started like a year and a half ago. I think I had like, you know, I remember being like, oh my God, I got a thousand followers. And then like within three months, I had 10,000. And, then I had enough money to buy the rest of my followers. So no. <laughs> um, so yeah, it pretty much blew up when I spent two thousand dollars on the extra thirty thousand followers. Dude, it's a, it's amazing. But but literally, I feel like ten to fifteen thousand of those people are hate follows. Oh yeah, like people love following you just to hate what you're doing. Um, well, thank you for reminding me of that. I, <laughs> I, I just kind of, <laughs> it just blows my mind because your, your profile is private now. And so it's like, you know that they're there and I know. they just can't, it's like, it just frustrates the hell out of them. Thank, thankfully. I mean, that's kind of it. Like I'll, I'll, I still get these comments where they're just like, say something kind of like, Who, let's see your clips. And I'm just like, Oh God, like <laughs> I want so bad. I hope that you like every, every video you see, you're confused and you actually think I don't skate and you actually think I hate skateboarding because like you must be angry at so much. Um, 
<laughs> that's kind of like the most hateful thing I could say. Um, I wouldn't say 10,000 are hate falls. God, man, that's gnarly. I hope yeah, that's not. hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, hopefully I never meet any of these people. My God, that would fucking suck. Well, surely you meet people all the time, right? I mean, you have and mo- kind like, of a public personality. Everyone's been cool. I mean, so far, you know. Oh, you're saying you, hopefully you yeah. don't meet your hate followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've, I, it's a very weird experience to go to the skate park now and, like, to see the way that people, like, kind of react to you. Like, they kind of look at you at the side of your corner of their eye or something, you know? Like, they know you, that you know that they know <laughs> that you saw them. They, they know you're doing internal reviews. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, I, I fully guy. showed up at the skate park at, like, Pete, at Second Nature, and this dude was like, oh, shit, like, I'm not going to do manual tricks now. Feedback's here. And I was just like, oh, man. Like, God, it I was sucks. like, dude, I can't even do a manual. Like, please do a manual. <laughs> <laughs> you should just say, like, uh, yeah, well, good. My, the whole point I said is that you shouldn't. They're a waste of your time. Yeah, exactly. If, if, I mean, if you approach it that way, yeah, don't do manuals. But um, don't look for me. Yeah. All right, all right. Ted Schmitz, let's uh, let's move it on to the, the other Ted in the room. Um, what do we got? <laughs> sorry, sorry to cut you off. Um, this is uh, – I do a number of things in skating. Uh, most of them you haven't heard about, both shadow and unshadowed. The, the, the most popular thing I do is I write uh, humor articles for Thrasher. Um, and I also one time spent a year of my life editing a podcast about skateboarding in the desert called No Coping, um, and there will be another episode about, uh, that. It's kind of a deep dive into the history of truck making, and, uh... What are we thinking, another couple of years? Yeah, so? I think, uh, I'm 31 now, so... <laughs> dude, by the time I'm 35 and I've given well, SoundCloud over $400, I pay $17 a month to host SoundCloud Pro on the No Coping account. So I've spent, like, 200 bucks. Um, yeah, so I've done some, uh, some, some podcasting, some writing about skating. Um, I had, uh, many years ago, I, I wrote an article for Transworld, um, and then just uh, around the internet, I've known Michael Sieben for a while, um, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to kind of contribute to the satirical realm of skateboarding through my own ways. Um, and, and you don't skate, right? And I don't skate, no. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what makes it so hard. That's what makes the putting out the podcast take so long. It's like I have to... You know, like a journalist, I have to tap into the mind of, of the skater. I have to, I have to explain the board movements. <laughs> the dog whisper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, On the you know, lateral axis. The X axis. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, I go, to, I go to the skate houses. I go to the skate bars, and I just I fly on the wall, and I say, oh, like, what is, what, what is this, uh, you know, what is this other culture's uh, symbols and signs? I'm, I'm the uh, anthropologist of skateboarding. Um, and then I, 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 I take all the data I collect on my excursions and I bring it back for, uh, for, uh, 20 funniest things you've heard of the skate park list on Thrasher. Um, <laughs> no, Ted is no. an actual, like one of the best skateboarders I know I, who skates maybe I, once a week. I was, I was Roger of the month, 2000, uh, like September, 2009. <laughs> Damn, fucking heavy That's, drop right there, dude. So, serious. <laughs> nice like, no, no joke though. Um, the the one of the only good video parts I've ever put out is is a parody part of Heath Kerchart's uh, "Stay Gold," where I refilmed every clip that he did and every trick at my local skate park. That's sick. Um, so you can still find that somewhere on Vimeo if uh, the platform hasn't died. Um, but yeah, no. Um, studied media in college, and uh, and that's where I kind of play into this whole thing. I I know I've been paying attention to skating only. 
for the last 20 years to the detriment of my career and my relationships. Um, and, uh, you don't say. And, and I, and I, uh, and, and I have a set of skills, which is like, I've, I've done like, like corporate videography and some event photography. And then I've also done some audio work. Um, so I'm kind of using that, um, kind of little package of skills to, to connect what I think is kind of a, a cool, uh, cohort of, of, uh, skate writers and, and commenters, um, commentators. I don't really know what you guys are. People who talk about skating online, um, in a, in a exciting, interesting and, and, uh, kind of progressive way. I, so, um, you know, that's where I come into this. All right. <clears throat> and I guess I should go. So <laughs> we didn't man. even talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I talk, guys? Next no, up, yeah. we have I'm a, Ryan. A you get me. Stuff. I've got 40,000. I got 40K. <laughs> I, I, I know uh, Feedback has more followers than me. Damn. Wait, really? You do? Yeah, That's not true. Yeah. I, Who makes more money? You off your salary or feedback off the stickers? Salary. <laughs> <laughs> feedback off the of stickers. Oh, I'm, I'm killing you, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Instagram yeah, so, is so weird. Um, I don't even know what to say. I, I, you know, I've been friends with Ted since, what, we were 13 years old and wore yeah, fedoras. 13, 14. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we grew up together, and uh, I met uh, Feedback Ted in New York. Uh, through Jack Sabac mm-hmm. and kind of met all of you over the last couple of years through um, different projects. And yeah, I got involved in a program called Skate After School with my friend Tim Ward and Bobby Green, which uh, I helped co-found. And that was about eight years ago. And like a lot of sponsored skaters, I went through kind of disillusionment, disenchantment, uh, feeling super frustrated because I wanted, just like Ted said, to be a pro skateboarder. And um, I had been sponsored since I was maybe 14, 15 years old. And so I've kind of been through all of the different waves of, of skating in the last 20 years. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of ups and downs. And in the last, I think about six or seven years ago, I went through a pretty tough spot and started working on skate after school. And I was kind of just resigned to, all right, I'm going to go back to community college and grow this yeah. program and kind of refine my passion and love for skateboarding. And uh, through that, uh, got involved with Welcome Skateboards uh, close to the beginning, but a little after they kind of hit their initial um, buzz. And uh, from there, finished school and have since grown Skate After School to a pretty sizable nonprofit, though nowhere near the size of Skate Like a Girl. And... uh, in the last few years, I've kind of immersed myself in a lot of skate charities around the world and, you know, tried to find a place to highlight all of these rad projects going on in skating because the truth of it is being in the world of professional skateboarding makes you super jaded really quick. And my saving grace is basically just kind of being removed from it and living in Phoenix. That's nice. That's cool. I remember when I... Um think I maybe saw like a welcome video or ad with you in it and I remember being so confused because I was like this guy doesn't have a butt flap and he's like nolly flipping down something that's huge like what is going on (laughs) I don't know if anyone can relate yeah totally (laughs) welcome is pretty big in Seattle right like because you you know like um Nolan Nolan and um, Logan and Devlin and stuff yeah there's a bunch of skate freaks out here but yeah yeah, I I grew up around those dudes uh, like Cody Carnahan and stuff like I used to 
give him my girls' pants back when that was a trend. And um, yeah, yeah, those guys are amazing. But yeah, it was like a, but it was so like, that was what I saw as well. That image was like crust punk kind of almost. Back yeah, then. yeah, yeah, totally. So I just remember seeing Ryan and being like, "Damn, okay." Yeah, <laughs> you're like, "Damn, they're putting normies on welcome." <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know you'd be my one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> yeah, switch flip to yuppie grind. Um, <laughs> you got into skate after school and then like what like I understand there was kind of like a moment with Jack Sabak where um, you kind of flirted with the idea of doing some work abroad and then why did you want to do it sort of more locally yeah I just uh, I stayed on Jack Sabak's couch forever and he was a big you know mentor to me and he's he's kind of got a crouchy uh, nature about him but he's he's just great super great human uh and i remember kind of being inspired by i think this was when skatistan really seemed like it was one of the only like prominent skate orgs out there and i had i wanted to go there and he was just like you know kind of pointed out that it was just in self-interest my reasoning for going there and he's like there's kids here that that need your help if you want to help people like you don't need to travel across the world yeah and uh something kind of like exotic seeming yeah, about that it's like, where it's, it's like, self-serving yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. angelina um, jolie move of skaters <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so i just kind of realized that uh and then coming back to phoenix and feeling like phoenix as a city and as a skate scene was kind of on the verge of um having a lot of possibility and just kind of being frustrated that you know there's just the natural talent suck where people leave every small town and go to not that Phoenix is a small town by any means, but you know, people go to LA, they go to San Francisco, they go to New York. And when I had come, when I came back here probably seven years ago, I just was like, you know what? I want to help grow the scene here and, and work on this project and help the kids that live here locally. And then through that have kind of, uh, built relationships with organizations abroad and, and, uh, also done the whole self-serving uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. skate travel. Uh, yeah. So yeah, now I'm an ambassador for Skate Pal, and I work with Cuba Skate, and uh, you know, try to try to get involved with all the different people around the world. That's uh, that's interesting that you had the whole skate stand thing because I had a similar vibe. I was like working at the YMCA, and I was like, ah, oh, like I want to go do this, and I actually I applied, and I didn't hear back from them, and because I didn't hear back from them, I was like, oh, whatever, I'll just do skate like a girl instead <laughs> yeah and skate a like an amazing program and yeah if, if you can volunteer with them you definitely should there's no For uh, sure. I, I just realized like as like a longer term thing it was like oh there's there's no reason not to just do something here so i guess we didn't even really go into the the overview of skate after school but similar to skate like a girl i mean we um we do after school programs for at-risk and underserved youth and we're currently serving eight low-income elementary schools in the Valley, around 230 kids a week. And my friend and co-founder, Tim Ward, is the full-time program director. So he kind of, uh, you know, plugs in with volunteers at all the schools Monday through Friday. And uh, I kind of handle some of the administrative and fundraising components on the back end. <clears throat> Sick. That's dope, dude. I don't know. I fucking volunteered there. It's tight as hell. <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> brother. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> so, it's like I'm always like kind of like pause. Like, what do they say? I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck. So, no, uh, I mean, just personally, um, yeah, I've spent some, some time in skate after school and it's actually a really cool thing. And it has been a, an awesome touchstone for the for the community here. Like Cowtown, the, the one of the local shops out here um, was able to 
start a program where basically they sold boards at cost, like pre, um, any pre-assembled completes that were like with Gowtown decks. Um, and they, they gave every kid in the program a complete for Christmas. So sick. So, um, that was, it's been super cool. Um, been super lively. Um, no, I like my most emotional and worst parts of my career. Like skate after school has legit just been the, it's been like the only thing that saved me. Like I've texted (laughs) Tim and Bobby like multiple times, just emotionally, like, Man, if I didn't have this in my life, I'd be probably wanting to quit skateboarding right now. Yeah. Well, there is like the the like sort of 28 to 34-year-old pro who's like basically finally gotten to the level that they they could hope to get to and it's like I I would hate to say anybody's name because um they, you know, if they if they ever heard this, they'd be like, "What? Mm-hmm. I'm on the down <laughs> I'm on the downside." <laughs> uh, but dude, you're 28, give yeah, it up. Yeah, <laughs> but but you know, some people did with like sort of the exceptions of like Louis Barletto, who I think went pro pretty late and still was able to have a pretty long career and then segue into the in-house kind of stuff. But it's like it, it's so gnarly because you spend so much of your life getting so good at this useless skill and then you get a small amount of recognition, a small amount of money considering like average salaries for that age. And then you're sort of expended, let loose yeah. into the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are only so many warehouses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's so brutal though. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't make a, like an actual, livable wage until I was probably like 27, 28. And by then I was so frightened of what was going to come next that like by the time I had turned pro, I was like finishing college and already being like, all right, what am I doing after I turn pro? So I pretty much have worked like my entire skate career, which I think has been, has been good, you know, overall because, um, you know, too much skateboarding is bad for your brain. I think. Ryan, who's your favorite, who's your favorite skater right now? Who do you like watching the most? Uh, my favorite skater right now. I mean, the obvious answer is like Cater. He's kind of just excited everybody. But let me go yeah. with uh, I don't know, Ted. You got someone? I, I'm like having trouble being put on the spot. Uh, it's hard. Um, I I don't know. I I I I just brought his name up, but I like Bean Water, that dude from Seattle, and oh, yeah, I Jesse like maybe I have like a Northwest bent. Brianna Gearing's like. I always just get hyped when I, she put out a part last year that I kind of liked and just was exciting. I don't, I don't know. It's hard. I always like, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Does everybody have somebody that they're, they're, I mean, they're Jay, clued into right now? We're, I, well, I think, Ryan said we're supposed to say him. So I feel like that's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Lay. Uh, Jay, yeah, it's Jay, in the chat. Jason Salilas, who's an am for welcome. He's stayed with me a bunch and he's definitely one of my favorite skaters. And yeah. he's just kind of has retreated to Birmingham, but uh, he's definitely one of the most impressive skaters uh, I've seen in person. And, you know, just has the kind of whole, he's got the whole thing going. Yeah. 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 Should we, should we nerd out on a list? I mean, I, Ted Barrow, I think that I, for me, it's no, it's never about skaters anymore. It's about like a, a video or a clip that comes out, you know, like, so two yeah. weeks ago it was like the sour video and it was that kid, yeah, yeah. that kid Victor. And I was like, he's amazing. And I haven't felt mm-hmm. like that, like strongly about a part since I watched like, Weirdly enough, Brett Ashley's element part fucking ten years ago. You know the oh, second one or the or the first the one where one. he skates the public enemy number one. Like the uh, yeah, that's ooh, his first yeah. one. Yeah, and, that was and that, and, was, and that was polarizing in my group of friends. Like my my friend Tino loved it. Rob Pluhowski was like appalled by it. 
And, <laughs> and like, such a good drop, you know, yes. and, and I was, I was just like, you know, and, and I sort of feel like this kid is like that, but lately, you know, it, I'm sure last week I was watching a different video. It's like, I can never, it can never be a skater. It's like the mood you're in and, and the compilation that you see it yeah. these days, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. For me. Yeah. And then it's homies. Kyle. Then it's just like buddies. Yeah. Like I have a, yeah. I have a buddy here in Chicago named Zach Ader. Who's the best skater it like I, I've ever been around and I, I've skated with you guys and only because I just think he's, I just have such a like, like friend crush on him. I just love watching him skate. He did a hundred days in a row over the summer. Um, wow. Which is inc- like just totally, totally backwards and terrible for his body. Um, <laughs> and in fact, then he likes injured himself very quickly thereafter. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm super down for local heroes. I mean, I, I think that was a quarter snacks opinion that I really latched onto um, about yeah. like, if the only parts you'll watch more than once are your friends anymore, like you yeah. just won't, you won't, you won't sit down and reconsume something you've already seen or it's super rare. Um, yeah, yeah. and I think friend, you know, it's that, it's that sort of micro climate stuff. Like you draw in a little bit because everything's expanded so much and there's so much to consume that. Yeah. Like, it kind of tugs at the emotional heartstrings. Yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 I like, I like to feel something a little more than just, like splendor or like wow or like spectacle like ah jesus i can't believe this is being done well i think that plays into like the idea that uh in order to be impressed by something you have to have like a baseline of like what what the threshold is to be impressive and i think that's why we like watching our friends is because we know what they're capable of and when all of a sudden they do something that we didn't think they were capable of it gets us hyped so like i think watching skaters you don't know or can't relate to is like a huge barrier um, yeah. And that's why I think skaters that have cool personalities or like things that you can relate to outside of like their style or tricks that they're doing, like other stuff, I think is yeah. is cool and interesting. I think that's the most interesting part of skateboarding. Is that, you know. Yeah. Do you have a name? Me. Fabiana for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't watch boys skating so far. <laughs> yeah. My favorite boy skater to come out is probably Man Ramp. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Oh. Also because he's just a fucking good person and like I'm pretty sure he's not an abuser so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike the rest what of these fools out low here. Bar. <laughs> hey, I'm just being real. Where does where is he based? What's his deal? They, like uh, he's a warble dude. Highland Park though. Don't they live in LA? Yeah, yeah, in LA, yeah. but yeah, they're the Warble crew or whatever. I think they're yeah. From, those like, guys the are like the whole package, huh? Yeah. yeah. Shout out I to Jenny them. Mole too. They came out to our like the Women's moles. Day session the other day and didn't skate the park, unlike a couple other guys um, that didn't really get the memo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're hilarious. I met uh, Alex actually at um, Element uh, Skate Camp. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was a lifeguard, actually, which was really funny. And we came up with this bit where I would do a skate trick over him while he was wearing a Speedo. Um, and so the, <laughs> the next year after that, we he has a good body. That too. Yeah, man, he's seriously ripped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Holding up those moles all day. And doesn't abuse. Yeah, and not up. an abuser. Like, yeah. 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 He's also a good That's artist. Fuck. He's a great guy. He's a really great guy. Could save you if you're drowning. Does he, Could draw you a picture. Right. Does he have any... And that, he'll, that, he's down for you to skate over him. Also, he held me up, literally, uh, New Year's Eve. He he brought me into the new year. Uh, Wait, I rode were the you? Man Ramp. Yeah, I was at a Man Ramp. Or I was at a Cobra Man show. They played in uh, Tempe. 
and he held me up uh, as we rang in the new year. Fuck. That's sick. Yeah, one of the questions we asked him in the Boys on Board interview was, um, your most recent work in Toxic Planet was truly inspirational. How does it feel to be a pioneer in elevating other men in skateboarding? (laughs) (laughs) Little did I know, one of them was Ted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he, he, he... you know, honestly, uh, he, he's the rising tide. He, he lifts us all up. There are so many dudes, at, like, and I, I really do kind of like sections this off to dudes in skating, but it's like you really try not to meet or learn about the skaters oh, yeah. who's skating you love. Um, like, I, I'll follow some of them on Instagram, and the second I see something that's like even like sort of an inkling of, of – problem i'm just like ah, i gotta turn this off like i'll just wait for them to be in the nike video uh yeah but you know like i mean i think one of the things i'm noticing about each of our the way that we've sort of described how we approach skateboarding what we get from it now is that it's almost like moved all the way back to like like ryan if you're like spending your time like kind of like teaching underserved children like who are just starting to skate like you've kind of like returned to your genesis story and like each of us sort of for me, like shit talking on all the nerdery before I could actually skate, that was what, what got me into skateboarding was the culture. And, and yep. it's, I mean, I think mainstream skateboarding just fucking, if you're an adult with half a brain, it turns you off. And so you do reach back to community and to the literary side of it and to the sort of like satirical side of it because skateboarders as people by and large are as disappointing as people by and large generally tend to be, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I, I guess I'm inclined to like throw the asterisk in and like, you know, now is a real tough time to be, um, be super, uh, proud of living in America and being an American and, yeah. and identifying as American, right? Like we're all, we're all Canadians with patches on our backpack now, <laughs> yeah, um, totally embarrassed. but like, I married a Canadian. but like, does it, doesn't it sort of seem to you, uh, feedback Ted and everyone else that like we sort of got to put an asterisk on that when you make that statement. Like, cause it seems to me like a lot of Europeans and a lot of, um, Oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, Canadian skaters, there are some really good people out in the world. And that's yeah. not to say there aren't great Americans who are skateboarders. It's just that for so long, our focus has been on like the dudes who had this sort of window and this leeway to be while they were ripping, like had permission to be total, dicks yeah yeah you know of course i i think that um i i don't know that many european skateboarders like i like what i see but i can also just sort of assume that they're going to be tremendously disappointing things about pontus that <laughs> like i if i were to meet him i could be like god damn i really like those videos and those are cool graphics but this guy's a fucking egomaniac yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Um, not specifically Pontus. I mean, she, I've not heard. No, that no, either. no. You would never say that. <laughs> yeah. would you, no. no one, no one, um, no one has ever said that about him. <clears throat> now, what you said earlier, though, brings to mind something that I, I kind of have been thinking about, which is that, like, you go through this period, especially if you're like a sponsored skateboarder, where in your twenties you become kind of almost like ashamed of skateboarding, or you don't really want to talk about it. You see this a lot with like pros who like build huge Instagram followings or build just a huge following in general as a pro skateboarder and then they won't post anything about skateboarding yeah. and won't talk about skateboarding and they act like way too cool for it. And I'm, I mean, I've been there as well, but then you kind of get back to this place where like every time I talk to Ted, he's just 
I fucking hate work. All I want to do is skate. Like skating is the only important thing in the world. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> literally all I want to do is skate every day and talk about skateboarding and make jokes about skateboarding. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, I don't know if it's like, a, like you said, a retreat into childhood or. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean it's like a, like you're like, um, like you're devolving or anything. I just mean that maybe you, the sort of things that were, you've learned through skateboarding, you learn how to highlight and focus on as, as like an adult. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I, I mean, for me, yeah, same. I, I have a challenging job and it, it checks a lot of boxes, but I'm also just like, fuck, I, skateboarding is so much more important to me right now. And I'm 42. That's sad. <laughs> you know, it's not, it, yeah, but it's not, sad. it's also not yeah. sad. Well, uh, yeah. I mean like skateboarding's good and pure and, and wholesome. Like you should love well, it. The, the doing it, it yeah the act the yeah, act yeah, of it yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the fact that i cry myself to sleep every night because i can't <laughs> that's the sad part got it okay right, right, the, the dark side the of, it, of feedback all right yeah, yeah yeah it has nothing to do with skateboarding <laughs> yeah i mean it's super trivial and it's like useless right like the skill of skateboarding yeah ultimately oh yeah Dude, so every restaurant i've ever applied at they're like do you have any serving experience and i go back no spot no <laughs> and i'm like but I'm not kidding. I'm pretty good at skating. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that yeah. that's, but that's almost like the beauty of it. Yeah. That's why it's like therapy, right? Because it's like yeah. a realm that doesn't matter and you do it just because it, yeah. it, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's purposely useless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a, good, that's a very good argument. Well, there, there are a bunch of people who have written about like the, the meaning of meaninglessness, right? Like, you know, there's a whole a whole school of authors or artists called you know the weird who wrote the weird. Um, H.P. Lovecraft was like one of the originators. Like I know this. No, no, no. <laughs> but like, you know, the school of the weird was there are these things that we can't describe. We cannot. We can't find words to describe them. It's impossible to try to justify this thing's existence, and that has value. Like that in in a in a humanist society like in a human society from a humanist lens like that has a real value the thing that that otherwise is totally meaningless and that despite that or because of that you love it like that's yeah, yeah. that's real that's kind of the that's kind of the view you put out on the most fun thing um at least from what i've kind of i mean that's that's my whole shit like i that's that is the basis for um, any thoughts I have about skateboarding these days, it's like, this is a totally useless thing. And yet here are all these people who are finding ways to kind of make it into their own sort of tool or their own sort of medium to access other things. It's like, it's, it's a bizarrely useful, totally meaningless and useless thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sick. I mean, that's rad. That's just like a, a, a well to dig into. Perfect. All right. I think that's a good, uh, place to segue into this interview that Kristen did with a legendary skater and announcer, Alex White. Kristen, you want to give us a little bit of uh, intro to that? Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, um, so as a woman skater and in our community, um, Alex White is kind of like our crazy auntie. Um, You know, her Instagram account or her two kids wiling out her little boys, um, or just like messed up memes from the internet. Um, and so, yeah, she's just kind of like everybody's like crazy auntie. And, um, yeah, like she was a super gnarly skater back in the day, like front boarding, big handrails and stuff. And she's maybe like five, two. And when she was in her prime, she was definitely was like 
a little bit bigger than your average girl skater. Um, so seeing that image as like a young person was super impactful for me. She was in one of the biggest like women's videos called Getting Nowhere Faster, which had like Amy Crone and Vanessa Torres and, you know, that the that generation of skaters. Um, and yeah, it was just the coolest, most inspirational thing. And that was before I had like met Skate Like a Girl or like met the local community. So like mm-hmm. I kind of had her on this pedestal, right? Um, and yeah, throughout her career, I'd say she's pretty much checked every box as a skater. Um, she's torn her ACL. Um, she's filmed yeah. full video parts and been sponsored and all kinds of stuff. Um, but yeah, when I was 16, 17, or 16, yeah, I had uh, met Alex also on MySpace, similar to Skate Like Girl. MySpace was just crucial. The internet yeah, is yeah. crucial for women skateboarders. It's that serious. was like proto-Instagram. Yeah, it was after Friendster. I don't know if you get or Yeah. yeah or LiveJournal. Live oh, journal. yeah, we had Live Journal. Yep. Yeah, I had Live Journal. <laughs> <laughs> this was a post Live Journal pre Facebook. Um, deleted that about 10 years form ago. Form of social media. <laughs> Never deleted um, mine. I think uh, the Russians have it now. <laughs> <laughs> Those posts are out there. Um, but yeah, so when I was like 16, she had like met me on MySpace and we'd become friends and she was messaging me and she's like, dude, you're, you're like a good skater. You should come to California. I'll film you, whatever, which like in women's oh, skateboarding that's is yeah. totally normal. <laughs> um, so, <right. laughs> so my first, uh, skate trip was, uh, before my senior year of high school, like me and my friends drove to California and it was centered around going and visiting Alex. And, uh, on the phone, she actually like told my mom that we were going to go like visit schools, while we were there, but like we just skated a bunch of schoolyards and stuff. Um, so yeah, that's basically how I met Alex. So you did visit schools. I did visit schools. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a total lie. Um, but yeah, Alex is just my crazy auntie, and uh, I just asked her about her um, upcoming run and um, into being the commentator for the Olympics, um, as it will be, you know, the stage for skateboarding moving forward um, in the 2020 Tokyo Games. Um, and so, yeah, our friends at Bigfoot Mag kind of started this campaign for her. And at first, like, everyone thought it was a joke. Um, there's, like, these pretty funny stickers and stuff. Um, but it's actually <laughs> real. It's, like, a real petition. We're actually really trying to get her the spot to be a commentator. Um, just in general, like, pretty much all the judges, announcers, like, they're dominated by, like, white old dudes. Um, and unfortunately, there's been a lot of instances where they're talking about women skateboarding, not only just skateboarding in an annoying way, in our opinion, um, but also like commenting on women's bodies and things like that, that they, it's just, it's just some bullshit. So Wait, you're telling me you don't like it when they play girls just want to have fun during your contest. <laughs> <run>? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was really funny. Cause, uh, after that came out, I like sent it to Tim Ward and he's like, Kristen, I have a confession. <laughs> and I was like, what, dude? Like, I'm like, to me, Tim Ward could do no harm. He couldn't harm yeah, a fly. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, at Woodward, when the girls would skate, I would <laughs> play Girls Just Want to Have Fun, and they would yell at me. And then I'd be like, okay, okay, I'll change it, I'll change it. And then he just started over again. Um, and he'd do that over and over again. Um, yeah, so... Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Well, we'll if we can figure it out, we should put uh, the petition in the show notes if we can if we can manage that. And then uh, I know how to do that. Yeah. We'll we'll work on it. And so, without further ado, here is the interview with Alex White. Okay. Um, yeah. So for those listeners that may not know who you are, Alex. Uh, and your legendary status. Could you explain who you are? Uh, my name is Alex White. 
I've been a skateboarder for 20 something years. I'm from Santa Cruz area, California. And um, yeah, I've just been in the girls scene for a long time. I was a pro in the early 2000s. I helped make the Vila Vila Cola video. I've done documentary filmmaking. I've written articles. I've uh, been in contests, judge contests, negotiated contracts. I've been in the girls scene for a really long time. Alrighty. Great. Um, so I thought you would have had enough of contest skating because um, you skated the castle contest as a child. Um, but here you are, full grown adults, uh, making a run for the Olympic skateboarding commentator role. Um, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, um, I got the opportunity to commentate the Do Tour uh, last year. Um, uh, I keep wanting to say Jodie Foster, Jodie Nelson. <laughs> why do I? Why would I want to say Jodie Foster? Uh, Jodie's uh, she's a old she's a pro surfer and a television producer, and she um, uh, gave me and Vanessa the opportunity to commentate Do Tour, um, and I really like it. Uh, I grew up in an acting family. Uh, a lot of us are in front of the camera. I'm used. I'm a television production major from college, so um, I really like talking about skateboarding. Um, and I really like the stories behind it. I really like, uh, you know, you, there's, there's all these cool scenarios that play out in contests and it's, and if you don't really know, it's not that interesting, but if you know what's going on behind the scenes and you kind of have a feel for the girls and what they're going to do, there's like a lot of, um, story there. There's a lot of content. So I really enjoy telling everybody like what's going on really in a contest. Nice. Uh, do you feel like your role as a mom uh, helps inform that uh, ability to tell people what's going on and what's happening? Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> it's funny. All the commentators like Andrew and Chris Cote and Todd, like everybody's a dad or a mom. Like, so we're used to kind of like explaining things like <laughs> in a fun way. And, and so I just it's like dad hour in there. Like it's all dad jokes. And it's just uh, it's it's right up my alley. It's my scene. I like it. Nice. Sounds like you fit right in. I fit right in. Um, (laughs) So uh, in your run for commentator, you've already lined up some pretty major endorsements, including Bigfoot Skateboarding Magazine and pretty much every woman skateboarder on earth. Um, Given the current landscape where people actually care about women skateboarding, how confident are you that you'll secure your spot behind the microphone? Um, originally when, when Bigfoot, when Meg said Bigfoot, like started launching this campaign, I got like worried that it might like hinder my chances. But then I talked to my dad about it and he was like, you know, a lot of NBC is a legacy brand. NBC is the, is the Olympic, uh, you know, they're bringing the Olympics to America and, and they're going to have to shift their demographics. So much more now is, um, you know, user, they want to engage with their users, with their, with their listeners, with their viewers. And what better way to engage with their viewers than to listen to their viewers when their viewers say, hey, we want this person to talk about the Olympics. Um, That's a perfect opportunity for a company like NBC to engage with its audience. So, yeah, I feel I feel like I got really good people behind me and and I feel like I do a really good job. Agreed. Uh, As a woman skateboarder. (laughs) I agree. Um, all right. Uh, back into the questions here. Uh, date, kill, bestie. Okay. You have Bob Barker, Alex Trebek, and Bill O'Reilly. Oh, man. R.I.P. Alex Trebek. Um, Wait, he didn't die yet. 
Wait, didn't he die? <laughs> no. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so, so we figured Bob out who Barker, you're going to kill. Bob Barker, Alex Trebek, and, and Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly. Okay, we'll kill Bill O'Reilly. Um, True. Date Alex Trebek. No, yeah, he's pretty Mar- hot. He's hot. And then what was that other one? Bob Barker. Bob Barker. I guess, uh, I mean, our marriage would be full of surprises. So marry <laughs> Bob Barker. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. Um, oh, wait, no, it was date kill besties. So. Besties with Bob Barker. Besties with Bob Barker. Yeah. Too. True. <laughs> Yeah, he's keeping the animal population down. Yeah. And spaying, neutering all pets. Yeah, so. yeah. He's a good guy. He is. <laughs> Probably be a good friend. Good friend to animals. Absolutely. An ally. Yes. Cool. All right. Uh, back on the topic of uh, commenting on skating. Um, on a scale of one to Gary Rogers, how comfortable are you commenting on skaters' butts and general appearance? <laughs> the scale of one to Gary Rogers. Um Gary Rogers being the top of the yeah, scale uh, of willingness to comment on physical appearances of skaters. You know, I <laughs> I feel very comfortable commentating on the physical appearance of skaters if it has any merit in what we're talking about. Like if it has, if it matters, <laughs> like if somebody's wearing a, a Harry Potter cloak <laughs> in their run, then I might need to say something about it because it might hinder some... But really, like, it doesn't matter what you're wearing or what you look like or what your hair is like. Like, it's, you know, it's about ripping skating and style and doing hard tricks. Yeah. Of the current Olympic uh, skaters that you know of, who do you think is most likely to wear that Harry Potter outfit out there on the course? Candy Jacobs. (laughs) No, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Harry Potter. I don't know. Maybe Alicia. She's got a little, like, dark cider in her. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) For sure. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for answering that um, <laughs> question. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned this earlier, but during your last announcing gig at Dutour, um, you and the other announcers, Andrew Cannon, Vanessa Torres, refru- refused to wear your shirts. Uh, <laughs> can you let our audience know about any protests that you may have in store for the future and any sneak previews of what clothing items you may take off or may not take off? <laughs> Look, shirts are optional for men and women. I'm just saying, like, I I don't need to wear a shirt, um, especially if you're in a hot booth commentating with two hotties like Andrew Cannon and uh, Vanessa Torres. So sometimes the vibe just just is a no shirts vibe and you go with it. Nice. <laughs> nice. So you're you're pro shirts off. Yeah. I'm pro shirts off all the time. <laughs> Great, I'm glad we've uh, come to that conclusion. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so if you end up securing your position as the official Olympic announcer of skateboarding, um, do you think you'll have to retire from memes? Um, are there any other life sacrifices you're going to need to make such as your Instagram account or what are, what are you willing to sacrifice? What am I willing to sacrifice to become an Olympic commentator? Absolutely nothing. Um, (laughs) but I'm, I would love the job. (laughs) No, memes are, uh, you know, I've been, uh, uh, you know, sharing my obsession with internet memes for years now and i don't see any reason that they have to go so that i can talk about skateboarding <laughs> if if they tell you you get the olympic uh commentator role if you delete your instagram account would you do it i think i would just yeah well yeah but like i would delete my, i think it'd be kind of cool just to delete my instagram just to be like punk rock and like be over it because i'm kind of over it already but um but yeah i would do it <laughs> Yeah, how peaceful was your day like last week when Instagram failed for an entire day? I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't as distracted at work, and um, I had 
saved up, you know, my daily 20 of memes or so. And so the next day I just came in it, came back with the fire. Yeah, I, I definitely can attest to that for sure. Did you did you followers. enjoy your little break from Instagram too? Yeah. I mean, I worked like six hours instead of eight hours and I was like, whoa, how did I how did I do that so efficiently? <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah, it's nice. Um, Instagram should take a break every couple like just once a month, just like yeah, take a day off. Once a month. It yeah. should be like a holiday. A yeah, holiday I and then everyone just goes on Twitter. Yeah, I realize how sucked in I am too. Like I like I communicate with so many people through that app and like I like I'm so like I use it for like basically like all of my news and like everything. So I was like, whoa, a little scary. Yeah, it is scary. <laughs> We're at mercy of the algorithm. Um, all right. Well, back to the topic of the Olympics. Um, so like what's at stake here? Why do the Olympics matter? Like from your perspective? I think the Olympics um the Olympics are coming regardless of what anybody says. And I don't think the Olympics is going to change skateboarding for hardcore skateboarders that are skating curbs and building DIYs and things like that. What the Olympics will bring is to a lot of countries that don't have um, any facilities or any financial backing for their skateboarding industry. It'll, it'll start building small companies. I feel like you'll see a spread to areas. Like, I don't think California is going to have that much of a difference in the amount of skate park moms at the Encinita skate park. Like there's still people <laughs> like that's not going to change, but those places like Eastern Europe and like Africa and like there's going to be places where skateboarding is going to be like a legitimate, um, sport, hobby, whatever. Uh, outlet. And uh, I would love to see it grow um, in places like that and to have women be in it and, and be a premier part of it too shows it that it, it is for men and women, for boys and girls, for everybody. Skateboarding is for everybody. And to have everybody be able to um, participate in it or like get something out of it, that's awesome. Everything else doesn't really matter. The medals don't really matter. It just like, just think about like how you first saw skateboarding. Like, how did I, you know, it, 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 whatever, if you see it on TV and, and it inspires you and your country all of a sudden is really accepting of it and people aren't getting arrested everywhere for doing it. And that's all good stuff, I think. Totally. Yeah. All right. We're going to move into the pop quiz segment of our interview where I, the USA Olympic team was announced yesterday for skateboarding. Can you name the men's team? Okay. <laughs> Nigel Huston, uh, Chris Joslin, Louis Lopez. Um, this is Street. Uh, I don't know. Is Tom Shar? Tom Shar is a five forty. Tom, Tom Shar is a spinner. Tom Shar. Yeah. On, uh, there's one more street skater that I'm missing right now that I was like, I just yeah. read it all. You got a, a good amount of them. You got Chris Jocelyn, Nigel, Jagger Eaton, Jagger Zion Ryan. Yeah, Jagger Eaton's like he. Well, he was Park too. So I don't. Is he Street or Park? Yeah. I don't know. I can't figure it out. I tried to go to his Instagram because I don't know anything about boys skateboarding. I'm like, what is he skating for? And I'm like, well, he could skate for bull and he could skate for street. I should. I don't know. Char Eaton, Char, uh, Char uh, Jagger Eaton, um, uh, Tristan Renner, Renier, whatever. The, that's a park kid. Um, have Alex Orgente. Sorgente. Yeah, Sorgente yeah. and Zion Wright. Zion, yeah. Well, Zion must be street. And then um, Jagger no, must be. he's park. Zion's Park. Well, he can spin 540s, like backside 540s on like four foot quarter pipe. So, of course, he is. That's yeah. awesome. It's a great team. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. 
Now, here's a, the easier question. <laughs> Can you tell us who the women's street riders are? Sure. Should I do like youngest to oldest or oldest to youngest? <laughs> uh, do them in order of appearance on um, blog camp, please. On <laughs> blog camp, yeah. Alexis Sablone, Lacey Baker, Jen Soto, Mariah Duran, Jordan Barrett, Bryce Wetstein, um, Brighton Zoiner, and Nicole House. Ding, ding, ding. What do we have for Johnny? <laughs> All right. So speaking of the women's teams and the Olympians, um, I'm going to give you a chance right now to win some money in the future. <laughs> um, we're going to place bets right now. Um, you work uh, for a nonprofit. We... How are you going to pay me? <laughs> when there's a will, there's a way. OK. OK. Um, yeah, I'll bet you let's do 20 bucks. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're going to guess who if you get it right. Right. Then, yeah, I'll give you 20 bucks and if I get it right. You, I have to give uh, you 20 bucks? Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, so I want you to guess top three street women's finalists in the Olympics 2020 Tokyo Games. Who's your top three? I know not all the Olympic skaters are announced, but between me and you, we know mm -hmm. all the girls. Um, I'm going to go Aori, Nanaka, and Leticia. Is that just your, should we just do general top threes then, or is that a one, two, three? Um, that's a one, two, three. That's okay. my, that's, I mean, just on preparedness and like, uh, compete, comp like I haven't seen the course. I have no idea, but like competitive drive, like in it to win it, those three, I mean, and Nanaka is like, you know, she rides for Meow and she's, she's just, she came out of wheels of fortune, uh, two years ago and won. And, um, I'm just like really impressed. She's a really good competitor. She's got a huge bag of tricks and there's a ton of girls. They're all really good, but I'm just saying like people that are like, Gunning for medals, those three, Aori, Nanaka, and Leticia. What about you? Ooh, all right. Well, I kind of feel compelled to maybe throw out some different names just for fun. Just for fun, yeah. Uh, I'm going to put Lacey uh, at the top spot, and then I'm going to go Jen, and then I'm going to throw a wild card in there. I think Candy Jacobs. That'd be awesome. I, I would love to see that. Mariah's also, like, seeing her progression, like, in contests, like, Mariah knows how to skate a contest now. Like it took her a couple years to get to that point. Like you, you watch a lot of the girls and you're watching how they like develop competitively and Mariah like winning X games last year. Like she, she's like, she's getting it. Like, so I could definitely see her meddling too. I would, you know, and, uh, and it doesn't, everybody that's in the Olympics or on the Olympic team, like they've all won big events. Like they've all gold, yeah. gold X games or like, you know, the Maloof Money Cup or Street League or whatever, like they've, in their history of competition, they've all went, won something. So, yeah, uh, yeah, they know how to win. Yeah, for sure. I, I guess my top three justification is I know Lacey really wants it and <laughs> even more so I want it. So yeah, I'm just I throwing Lacey it out there. <laughs> <laughs> the people's champ up the on the podium. The people's champ would be great. And then, uh, yeah, that would just be dope. And then my number two spot going to Jen is that she hurt her ankle recently mm -hmm. and just kind of came back. And she just has like the dopest style. I saw her at Street League in London mm -hmm. um, take the top spot. And so, yeah. And then I'm just a big Candy Jacobs fan out here. She me too. She doesn't even get like a. She doesn't even have a shoe sponsor right now. Like I want to send her shoes. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how do I have free shoes? And like, you know what I mean? She's like, yeah. thank you so much for this one pair of shoes on her Instagram. So I would just love to see her get her day because she is the only girl that I've seen like gnawing nose sliding stuff, capable backtailing stuff, like really consistently, and skates a contest park 
constantly. So she's another one that I see being just like super hungry and she hasn't had her day yet. Yeah. And then um, I think Jen had kind of a rough year with that ankle injury. Um, and then obviously Lacey Baker is just my favorite skater. So that's throwing, awesome. Throwing Lacey in there. Do you have a bowl? Do you, what do you think about bowl? Ooh. Bowl this- is hard because I feel like after going to the compi the other day, there's these girls that I've never, I don't even know what their names are. Like I was trying to tag them on Instagram and I'm like, this is a new world for me. I don't know all the girls that skateboard um, anymore. <laughs> there's so many of them. So there was this girl from China and this little girl from Japan that was just like totally like destroying it. She's like 10. Mm-hmm. Like I am forgetting her name, but I'm going to Could she blast theirs? Could she like get above coping and stuff? She's, yeah, she's blasting airs. Dude, she's like nose blending on the pool coping, popping in. I saw I the, the big video stuff, of her. Yeah. Yeah. Like the nose grinds, backside nose grinds. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, give her a year to like eat her Wheaties and like take <laughs> some protein bars. You know what I mean? She's. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Who's your who's your bull? What would you say? Um, Or park. I guess we're calling it park. Or park. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, Well, you got to look at the girls that uh, the, the Japanese girls. um. Uh, there's a couple of them that skate uh, the park series, the Vance Park series, and do pretty good. It just kind of depends on the judging for park. The the judging, honestly, the judging for park has been all over the place. And I've been talking to Lizzie Armanto about it and like, uh, or oh, having like a very delayed conversation about the judging. Um, it's like, how do you judge a park contest? The street's kind of coming into its own, like street's becoming more easy to judge as long as they set the criteria right. But with, mm-hmm. with park, um, you know, is it, I mean, like, is it going to be the the use of the course? Is it amplitude? Is it, and, and kind of the format kind of works against them, at least at the Vance Park series. So it's really going to depend on the format, the park itself, and what they're judging. So, mm. you know, you have, you know, watching uh, a bowl contest, you know, combi bowl, or, you know, it's very condensed. It's like this one little tiny space, but like a whole park, mm. you have to be able to keep up your speed. If you look slow at all, like you're going to, you're not going to get points, like, so you have to go fast in a big park. You have to blast airs. You have to have the tricks. You have to have, you know, the risk factor involved. And, um, you know, I, I see a lot of girls like Nicole is great. Nicole's a fan favorite. Everybody loves Nicole House. She she does huge airs. She hits all the parts of the park that like everybody is mind skating the park. Like, oh, I want to like do something on that wall or something. But um, mm-hmm. Bryce and uh, Bryce West scene also like really does that, too. And she can skate really fast. So it really depends. Like sometimes those younger girls they slow down in the middle of their run, like, cause they're small still. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, takes a grown ass woman to get around a park going fast. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. You're going to need some quad strength. Quad uh, strength. Thunder thighs. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the Japanese girl that I was talking about is uh, Kokona Haraki. Kokona um, Haraki? Yeah. She's yeah. 10 years old and just is like nose blending and nose grinding things, which I think is really dope. And I think that's right. Judging in a more technical way, mm-hmm. then I think she's got it. But if we're going for like airs, like there's this other girl uh, from Japan, um, Sakura mm-hmm. uh, Yosozumi. Yeah. Um, Sakura is really good. She's, she's uh, I think, Flow for DC. Um, yeah. And, and uh, Willie Santos is kind of taking her under his wing and like um, showing her nice. the ropes, like coaching her. Um, and she does really good in contests. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, she was definitely blasting airs and she has the 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 power in a similar mm-hmm. way that like Nicole does in terms of like the airs and stuff like that. Whereas like there's kind of the more conservative skaters that are get, doing more tricks but not blasting as high. So I would put like maybe Lizzie in that category mm-hmm. and Jordan and and Bryce maybe. Um 
and then there's kind of the girls that are doing yeah like you were saying it's, it's hard to judge because the consistency is cool but in bowl it's like there's a huge difference between a, like a one foot air and like a nicole house air mm-hmm. and if judges are looking for that then you know the girls that are more consistent aren't going to take the cake so yeah if, yeah. It, yeah it sucks that in, in park it seems like um girls get ducted or like in men too for falling right so they have to play this kind of like safe route and it doesn't really like show their true ability so so it's like your run is basically over when you fall and you get like a one wall rebate that's like the vans park series format the first wall rebate but um on the last run but uh yeah it, it, it it's hindering the progression like they need to be able to try stuff and fall and not get ducted points you know or not lose an entire opportunity to score so it's like it's almost like they throw the score they throw the baby out with the bathwater if you fall in a park run and they and in street league the format is like you got like eight chances man like get next one next one next one (laughs) yeah 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 totally (laughs) who's your top for for bull or for park excuse me sorry (laughs) (laughs) having a hard time adjusting to the new vernacular um i think jordan barrett really um knows how to win a contest and and skates park really well and she's won quite a few of them uh lizzie armanto who's going to skate for finland also is really good in the park uh series uh nicole house um always one of my favorites um but again like the bowl there's so many new bowl skaters coming out of the woodwork or park skaters that um i'm just like interested to see like who shows up and blows up what about you for sure yeah, I, I definitely think I'm going to put my money on some of the younger riders for bowl. Mm-hmm. I think street takes more of a seasoned veteran, hence my Lacey Baker vote for street. But I think the bowl, um, I think everyone's pretty consistent. And we just like, I think a young gun that can like blast, you know, and I'm thinking in a year and a half or whatever, when the games happen, I think Kakuna is going to be like, just ready for that. That's so. cool. I can't wait to see her. Yeah, it'll be dope. Cool. All right. Well, uh, any last plug for yourself? Any last uh, <laughs> plead? You know, uh, I'm assuming the Olympic Federation will be listening to this podcast. So, Oh, they have so much time to listen to podcasts. I'm sure I know. they will too. Um, no, I'm just like really thankful to like be around to see all this happen and and to like watch what happens and the stories that come out of it and and I'm happy I'm around to see it and that people are want me to talk about it and be a part of it. And, you know, yeah, I'm really grateful. <laughs> nice. Yeah. When you mentioned that uh, last couple comments, uh, it made me think of how funny it is that people are like, oh, the Olympics are so whack. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, it's the sportification of like our core industry. But I'm like, fool, like Red Bull, Monster, Toyota, <laughs> the america's navy like everybody's already funded skating like you're tripping if you think like the olympics are anything new like it is kind of the epitome of sportification but it's really not that different from street league x games all the stuff we've already seen and been complicit in so yeah yeah and, <laughs> you know andrew cannon said something i i don't know you can like this probably wouldn't even go on the podcast but andrew was talking i was talking to andrew when he came over the house the other day and he's like if anything it's just going to create more polarity in skateboarding which is good. Like, like there more like there's this kind of skater over here that skates curbs. He drinks beers, whatever. Um, there's like this kind of skater over here that's like a surfer skater from Santa Cruz. And then there's gonna be like the Olympic kind of jock skaters that like found skateboarding through the Olympics and then they treat it like a sport. That just means that there's more groups in skateboarding and there's plenty of room for everybody in it. And you know, 
I don't think that having more people and like participating in skateboarding takes away from skateboarding. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I would argue that the people that are the most upset about the Olympics are the people that see the most, they don't see any gain in it. Like they're kind of like you were saying, the average dude skating a curb and drinking a beer or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But like women, on the other hand, are going to gain a lot from the Olympics. And so I think in a lot of ways, like the shit talking about the Olympics and that whole idea is almost like coded sexist language in a way. Yeah, it is. You're right. Like, like, and it's also that like, what's in it for me thing. And like, it's not about you and you know it's it's not about us either like it's it's about them you know the next people that like you won't even have anything to do with and that's kind of hard you know when you take ownership over something and you have so you're so heavily invested in skateboarding or something as your identity that there's other people that might have that identity too maybe that makes people uncomfortable or something but totally yeah. totally they're like skateboarding is mine like yeah, you can't it's not yours. have this label and it's like <laughs> Yeah, just a public service announcement. It's not about you. Um, (laughs) If you're listening. Um, All right, last thing, Alex. I'm holding a sticker uh, that I received from Migs and Amy at Bigfoot Magazine calling for you to be the announcer in the Tokyo Games. Can you let our listeners know um, what are some ways that they can support you aside from begging for one of these stickers? Oh, my God. I need a sticker. I don't have any. Um, If you want. Okay, I'll send you some stickers. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, If you want to uh, support my strange and wonderful campaign to become an Olympic commentator. Uh, you can or, go do to, I hear people are calling in right now? To, people are calling uh, in right now on my landline. <laughs> to, to donate to your to campaign. Do- <laughs> <laughs> my, ring, my ring does sound like one of those, those call-in um, <laughs> pledge drives. Operators are standing by for your donations to Alex's... Operators are uh, standing by... <laughs> My my uh, my seven year old son will answer the phone awkwardly and take your pledge. <laughs> he might write it down. He might not. Um, Great. Yeah. Okay. Um, on the real, what can we do? What can we do to support you, Alex? Uh, How go do we to make this happen. Go to bigfootmagazine.com, uh, bigfootskateboardingmagazine.com. Um, you can vote. You can just sign the petition and then verify your email address. And then um, yeah, and if you work at NBC or your dad works at NBC and he's like a sports commentator, then tell him about me. <laughs> Totally. Let's yeah. get that, that uh, <laughs> nepotism. coffee date. Nepotism. If you have a nepotism, you know. My dad worked at NBC, too. So, yeah, there's there's nice. that. But, yeah, uh, you know, anything helps. And, like, you, and if you don't have to help my campaign, just, like, don't worry about it. I got it covered. I'll, yeah, I got it. Whatever. Whatever. I Single. can by myself. Single should, mom vibes only. <laughs> should talk to my therapist about the, the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, on that note, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your time, Alex. Thank you, Kristen. All right, welcome back, uh, Kristen. That was a super rad interview. Um, Thank you so much. <laughs> it was yeah. super rad. Super rad. Super. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys, you guys have any thoughts about that? I mean, the Olympics is a really, really dense topic. And as we're recording this on March 20th, uh, I actually was not informed of anything that was going on. The news was just announced, I think, yesterday. So, yeah. Uh, probably in future episodes, we're going to do like a whole deep dive into 
what the Olympics is, what the Olympics means for skateboarding, for men's skateboarding, for women's skateboarding. Um, and I think for now, since we're kind of running short on time, if you guys just want to give, I don't know, a couple insights or feedback you have. I, I think feedback I think trademark. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> Kristen, I think what you said about my first gut instinct was like, why should we give a shit about this at all? And, and I think towards the end of the interview where you were talking about how like even that response is such a statement of like privilege, like, like, you know, as someone who has grown up in a predominantly male skateboarding environment, I'm like, I don't care about those fucking any of those skaters. I don't know half of them and I don't care about any of them. So why would I care about the Olympics? Because that wasn't part mm -hmm. of my thing. And that is completely uh, dismissing. If I were to follow that line of thought. Um, everything that you and Alex talked about of how like this is like such an amazing platform for young up and coming non-male skateboarders and creating smaller companies, which are important to the kind of lifeblood of, of skateboarding. So I, yeah. it was an interesting experience for me because I sort of had to check myself. Well, and skateboarding globally, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I had to check myself and my gut reaction was like, well, fuck that. That's mainstream. And... Yeah, 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 yeah. While I was pounding Red Bulls in my Nikes. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's yeah. kind of fucking pure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would only piggyback off that just to add that, like, I think it's super, super eye opening to hear you speak about not recognizing um, some of the younger, up and coming, emerging um, skaters that you've seen recently and how that's like a joyful experience for you which is, I mean, as far as I've experienced, like unanimously a bummer for <laughs> aging men, you know, like who the fuck, like who the fuck's Jagger eating? And I mean, that, that was like me. I was at Tampa last year and I was like, who is this kid? I don't even know him. Like that's some sort of barometer for meaning, right? Like, well, I don't know who he is. Yeah. Um, and I think that's super prevalent. And I think it speaks to some really key distinctions in the ways that the male kind of skate ecosystem and the uh, women and transgender and just generally inclusive skate ecosystem um, differ, right? I mean, it's, it's not about like some sort of checklist, like who is this? How, how, well, exactly. how yeah, men's skateboarding is really crowded and competitive. Totally. And, it, and, a, and a, and a bummer. Like, so yeah, that was, ref I, lo I loved it. That was refreshing as hell. If I could just add one more thing, sorry. Uh, like, I think no. that it's so easy to forget that the culture of skateboarding is always led by seriously 14-year-olds. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's the thing that matters the most. It's it, it has always been, like, we can sort of speak cynically about it and try to deconstruct, like, oh, like, the industry is this and the industry is that. But the industry relies on the tastes and the experience and activity of teenagers that don't know how to drive yet you know like yeah. they are actually yeah. the ones that are you know we definitely they, are not going to give a shit about this podcast <laughs> <laughs> right right you're out there and you're um, 14 what's up yeah hey. <laughs> please but but um i think that it's you know the stake that i claim to have or or whatever like that old guy thing like i don't know who the fuck that is like who the fuck cares like no one should fucking care what i think because i'm i'm about 28 years too late yeah. to be relevant yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're really selling this conversation <laughs> as the person with the most followers uh right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well 
But that, yeah. God, we've spent way too much time talking about Instagram followers on the show. Yeah. Oh, shit. We'll get out of that three shit. Out. There, 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 three there was one little, like, one little aside that, that Alex fucking brought up, which is like, you asked her how she did with how she survived the the, cra- the daily crash of Instagram or, or the, the crash of the day with Instagram. And uh, I was just like, holy shit, like my entire online diet almost is, is through this one fucking thing. And I, and I have the opposite experience of you guys. You, you were like, oh, my day went pretty well. I was productive and, oh, no. and all this shit. And I was like, and, and, and I was like, dude, when Instagram crashed, I just was like, oh, cool. I guess I get no happiness today. All right, fuck this. Yeah, same, fully. (laughs) (laughs) No gratification. I was like, I guess I, fuck, I have to find some new shit. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Transworld folded and fucking Instagram. You're like, I just wrote 5,000 words for my Instagram story and there's nowhere for it to go. (laughs) Oh, it was was hell. That's amazing. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get into this this last segment that we're doing. So uh, this is an idea that that uh, Ted and I came up with, which is called funeral pyre. So these are just things in skateboarding that have to go. You're just sacrificing them to the skate gods. They drive you nuts. Uh, you hate them. They're I don't know an ache in the yeah. Side their of time you. has come. You know, even if they were once respected, it's it's time to 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 let them go. All right, you want to go first, Ted? But <laughs> fucking everyone's gonna have some 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 hectic shit after me. But mine's usually kind of like skate trick based. I'm just thinking <laughs> like like I I ingest so many single tricks in my life, and, and you know I always I think about a trick, and then I I see it once, and I go, oh that was a little different, and then I see it a hundred times, and I go, you know what, I'm done with seeing that that way anymore. And for me, it's I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I'm just tired of at a certain point. Um, I'm tired of back fifties that are essentially feeble grinds. Uh, they're locked into the heel side on the, on the, on the back, uh, on the back truck and then toe side on the front truck. And you know, like if you do them at the park, I'm okay. I just, I don't want to see it on my internet anymore. Like you can do them. I get it. That's the way to get them through kinked rails that have a thousand kinks in it. I just, I'm okay with it. I don't. I don't need you to show me that you figured out the secret to turning the skateboard into a rollerblade. It's funny because yeah, double kinks have just turned into like the same thing as like octuple kinks or whatever. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like, like it doesn't matter. I'm like you can yeah, just throw five more kinks. The in difference there. between yeah four and six kinks is no difference now. Um, whereas Jamie Thomas, if you watch kind of some old parts of him, I'm not saying that he's a gold standard for everything, but like he would go double toe side. Or sometimes he would go. Oh my like, god! Double toe heel. side is fucking terrifying. Double toe side is awesome. Dylan Rader did double toe side, um, but they but he would switch between doing like locking him in like feebles or um, or d- doing double heel side or sorry, Dylan Rader did double heel side. But like you, if you just get in in a hundred different ways, like Tyshawn gets in in weird ways. I just like it. I like to see some. Some idea that you maybe could have fucked this thing up. Not that you just understand the little button. Well, yeah, it's like an all gnarly handrail skating is like kind of become safe in a weird way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except Foy. Foy is, uh, gets served <laughs> <laughs> fucking often. I think it's a good one. I think it's super good. I'm sick of it played. Yeah. All right, Kyle, you want to go next? No. Oh, I will. 
I, I mean, I can go if you want. No, I'll go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Supreme. I'm over it. Done. <laughs> yes. Should we do that that sound effect of the the explosion? No. Um, Wait, I got it. Uh, the the, the, the company or it's like yeah, it's position and culture. Please. No, you yeah. know, I mean, when I when uh, when I when I go to the one sort of shopping mall here in downtown Chicago that I have to go to sometimes to buy certain things. Like to mm. go to the Nordstrom to return a Christmas gift or what the hell ever, <laughs> um, and like there's a window display and it's like one of those window displays where there's not a store, and what there is inside is like a a, a pair of Supreme boxing gloves and like a Supreme pair of like you know shorts and a Supreme mattress that you put up against the wall and it's not even like nowhere at the mall sells that stuff it's just purely yeah. there. Um, you know, that to me is just, I, I, I think skateboarding at this point could be, um, we, we could be healthier without it. That's my thought. Ted, do you disagree? Me? Yeah. <laughs> Who? No, I, I, uh, I agree. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to think, I was thinking of a source. way like to sort of say something similar. Yeah. Um, and instead you said it. So I'm just going to say bailing Nolly heel flips at the end of a clip that's submitted to me. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Is that the one they, they always throw in there? Yeah. They're just like bailed switch heel or bailed Nolly heel. Like, why just, don't they trim it? I don't know. Like what? Like, yeah. But, um, to, I think, yeah, like maybe that has become a really malignant model for how a skateboard brand or how like how skateboarding brands should fucking be run yep. yeah you know like that it's a it's the original crossover brand yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I i feel like that's what's so hard for me and and i don't i don't know if this is like a sort of critique of the economic model at large but i i think that you know when i think about hey do i want to see supreme go away like as i told you earlier like well I don't want to see the package that I'm served Kevin Bradley skating in go away because like that's a sort of real source of enjoyment in my life. Yeah. Um, but when I think of kind of how it's just uh, metastasized yeah. uh, to, to where I do have one of those stores at the Scottsdale Mall next to the Apple store, which is like already its own just nightmare field of blue shirts. Um I, I really do hate like walking by them and, and ours are actually for sale in there, but I think they're like, um, they're second, like, like they're the other on the aftermarket or something. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, here's, can I, if I jump in and revise yeah. mine and we can edit that out. All right. <laughs> I, I have this thing where it's like, I don't like Tom Penny did amazing things and I'm so glad he skates, but the mm -hmm. Worshipping Tom Penny fucking sucks. And I feel yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. and exactly. I feel the same way about Supreme. Like most of my friends, my oldest friends work for Supreme and they support them and like the people that run that company are fucking rad, but the way that peop yeah. people treat and revere Supreme and what what it symbolizes fucking sucks. You know? Yes. Like right, yeah. individuals are great. Uh society sh shitty, you know, right. and and <laughs> like Tom Penny amazing, cult of Tom, a cult. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. You actually you stole mine because I was gonna say oh. uh, hero worship on any level in skating. Like no, I don't perfect. give yeah. a shit about what you can do on your skateboard. I don't care how good you are. If you're a fucking piece of shit, like you need to go to therapy and fix yourself. Because like yeah. I don't. It's just like I don't know. It's just uncomfortable. Like. I don't know, just being a yeah. woman and knowing like certain guys that are abusers and having to go to the skate park or having my abuser, you know, around in the scene and I can't do anything about it because nobody believes women or cares about dudes being shitty necessarily. Or it's, you know, maybe guys care, but they also feel like the culture is not ready to um, talk about it and and work on it. And I'm not talking yeah. about like canceling people. I also don't believe in that. Um, but I do believe in holding our friends accountable and having conversations and re-educating and learning because like I didn't just like, grow up like knowing what's up i still don't know what's up i'm still learning but i think hero worship on any level in skateboarding is like probably the single worst thing from my perspective gotta go yeah yeah i feel like there's just such a there's such a hunger to like keep i I don't even know why this is but to keep skating at its most sort of unintelligent and surface level like where people they just they don't want to have to step up and say like oh yeah no you can't skate in this because you're like a zero psychopathic monster like well i think i think it has to do with the fact that we keep talking about skateboarding which can mean so many different things in this one way like uh if you're a professional skateboarder who's been disillusioned by it you return to fucking the model of like of teaching kids to skate and like sharing that, that activity moving away from the industry. The industry has always been about jet pumping out slogans and creating these heroes and creating pro models and like generating personality. And the moment it gets kind of like enmeshed into this, into a system, it like, of course, like how these, who these people actually are no longer matters. It's what they represent, you know? Yeah. And I'll, actually, can I av- revise mine slightly? I think hero worship <laughs> yeah. is okay as long as like you know that they're a good they're, person and like yeah, they're sick people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fuck, that is so hard. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard to like know that about everybody. Like man ramp, you know. Hashtag not a not a abuser. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a great Tinder I, bio, you know. Not a abuser. <laughs> yeah. Also, oh, it's just man. generally man ramp. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the man ramp episode. I don't. I don't. You know. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Love. Well, gotta love man ramp. To, yeah. If you if you ever heard Tim and I talk, uh, it's it's almost fifty percent warble worship. Fuck. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I just. Sorry. No, I'm curious about Ryan's. Oh, I'm going with a serious one uh, as well. I'm gonna throw out uh, a frame. Oh my god. <laughs> A-fra- oh my god. A- uh, A-frame is just the most dog shit obstacle that is popping up at skate parks all across the country <laughs> yes. that is like I don't know, it cultivates a certain type of like, you know, Tampa Am skater and anyone who's been skating longer than 8 years like cannot figure it out. And I know that that just makes me sound old and reactionary, but oh yes. man, just the absolute worst obstacle. Yeah. I agree. Like bump, bump to downrail. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. uh, you want to stay downrail? Let me help you up. In here. Seattle, <laughs> yeah. too, like uh, Grindline built most of our parks, and like they're just hella huge. T- like they're just massive. And like the A frame's like this pointy, but like the rail is like hella mellow. So it's just like really tall at the end. So it's just like this is supposed to be an easy obstacle. Like it gives you every advantage, yeah. kicker and down, right? Like it's supposed yeah. to be easy to skate, but they made them fucking impossible. So they're just eyesores. Yeah. 
and Great terrible idea. when we're trying to teach was... kids how to skate because they like try to hold yeah. onto the rail and they fucking die. It's just it's a mess. I hate them in general. <laughs> That's their troll though. They're like they're like. <laughs> Hey, Grindline wants to build a park here. And they go, great. Yeah, a lot of people at these newer parks want an A-frame. It, it goes up at this end, and then the rail goes down. They go, all right. Well, uh, after we're done with the 15-footer in the back of the pool coping, four-finger four Tony and some bull nose on it, then we'll build your fucking A-frame. Dude, it's real. It's gnarly. I hope your A-frames are That's a good skatable. one. That's good. Out there in may, Arizona. May all, may all your A-frames be mellow and nolly flippable. perfect all right on that note um thank you to everyone for listening this far and uh to all of you for joining us today uh means a lot we're damn well near into two hours so if you made it this far you're a diehard here's how this is going to work in the short term uh if this goes well and it seems like people are into it we're going to shoot for another episode two weeks from now and continue on that pace for a couple months if people are still interested by then and our audience is growing, we're hoping to move to doing an episode once a week. As we mentioned before, this is just a selection of what we're hoping to do here. Uh, we really want this show to be as dynamic as possible. That might mean full episodes of us just talking shit, uh, one-on-one interviews with people, or reviewing recent videos and news. Uh, you can give us feedback by either DMing us or by emailing us at uh, eventcitypod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at vent.city. Uh, and most importantly, uh, if you're into this, please share it with friends. Our goal is to grow this thing ultimately through listener support so we can remain slightly outside of skating and, and keep a critical voice uh, with everything happening in the industry. See you all in a couple weeks. Bye.